Welcome to the Butts in the Seats podcast, episode number 63, live or, you know, pre-recorded from our new house. Our new house. Hopefully this is the last time you'll hear us say we're moving or we've moved or we're in a new place for a while. Something could have gone wrong if we're moving again. Yeah, definitely. I'm Nick alongside Emily. As always. Emily, how you doing today? It feels weird recording. I mean, it's only been like two weeks for the people listening, but we haven't sat down recorded in over a month. Yeah. It's funky we've had so much happening and we're suffering for our art we are missing crown jewel right now oh yeah our, darn what a shame don't you want to see omas take on braun Strowman? all i want to see is jake paul get obliterated not logan just jake why the hell is jake paul he's not even this? in the match he's oh it's jake paul he's gonna make himself part of the match come on you want to you want to talk about the AEW show we went to yeah but we went to the AEW show that was in our neck of the woods last week, and that was wild. Emily teared up seeing Chris Jericho. I did. But another weirdly full circle thing happened, because like I've, t- I've said on this podcast before, when we're watching you know, SmackDown or something, and then we end up watching like current day WWE, and somebody from our Nitro watch or 2001 SmackDown just is there, and everyone's freaking out. I don't see it as like weird, because it's just like... Oh, I've been watching this guy. This isn't weird to me, but oh yeah, it should be weird because that was 20 years ago. Same fucking shit happened at AEW. Darby Allen was wrestling. He's facing Jay Lethal. Sting didn't come out. So I was like, oh, that's a bummer. I would have liked to see Sting. That would have been cool. So they do the whole fake Sting thing again. And the fake Sting that they bring out first is some kid. Apparently he was in um, NXT. I didn't recognize him. And there was a second fake Sting. And the second fake Sting came into the ring with a guitar. So my brain goes, that's weird. Sting doesn't have a guitar. Doesn't Jeff Jarrett have a guitar? Oh, fuck, it's Jeff Jarrett. And who is it but it's Jeff Jarrett? I think my brain couldn't process it because I'm like, why is Jeff Jarrett a surprise reveal in 2022? Yeah. <laughs> it was just... It, the the cycles that my brain had to go through to process what was happening, I think I had a stroke. It was bizarre. <laughs> and there was no uh, hot lesbian action sign right in front of us, Thank which God. was nice. Yeah, the wrestling fans there were super cool. We I posted it on our Twitter, but we wore DIY um, Ralph's shirts, the Jericho personal security shirts, and people actually understood the reference. I really didn't think people were going to, and everyone was like complimenting us, and everyone was so nice. It was so cool. But Emily, you want to get into this Nitro? Must we? It's definitely a weird show. They're all going to be weird shows. So here's the thing, it wasn't even bad. It wasn't as chaotic as his first Nitro, but it was definitely weird. Emily, do you have a best bit before we go into this? God, no. Yeah, I think that's... Um... I do not. I don't have a worst bit either. I have an MVP. Oh, I do. We'll, I'll probably figure it out as we go. So today we're talking about the October 25th, 1999 Monday Nitro. It is the first show that is like, okay, you know, you have free reign. You can do whatever you want. You don't have a pay-per-view on Sunday to deal with. The show is yours, Vincent. So let's chat about the rating because it seems to be a thing we do at this point. It's just fun to watch it fall apart. It's actually up from the week before. Really? It went from a 3.3 last week and a 2.6 the week before to a 3.5. Interesting. Why? Was it not up against Raw? Was No, Raw. Raw was there. Hmm. Raw did a 5.6 also up from last week. No real mention of Hulk Hogan this week, kind of like we expected. Yep. We are in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I swore the Nitro Girls contest was ending, but it's actually ending next week. Where is it ending in? I totally missed where I think they I said Cleveland or... Who cares? We know who wins. <laughs> oh, you never know. 
It could be one of those Mandela effect things. What if it is? What if she just like, what if she didn't actually win the Nitro Girl thing and the producers just liked her and offered her a job? What if? Well, we actually have one of those. um, I don't want to say, I don't like the Mandela effect as a concept. Just, I think I've talked about this before on the podcast where I'm like, you're just misremembering or it was misreported because we have one of those moments later in the show, but we'll get there when we get there. Let's start with uh, an odd look. No face paint sting is wandering around backstage. It's weird. You're like, that's not sting. That's just Steve Borden. Yeah, that's not sting. He's throwing some shit around and you were like, all right, relax. It was kind of unnecessary. He also wasn't like walking around with that much bigger. He was just kind of going backstage yelling for Goldberg. Yeah, that's called overcompensating. Or no, he was yelling for J.J. Dillon. Yes. And he was just kind of like, ah, there's a chair. Rah! There's a trash can. Rah! Like, what? We then go to the Nitro opening and Sting coming out for real. Not Jeff Jarrett. Thank God. We have Tony and Bobby on commentary. Oh, wait, hold on. Can we talk about how you like kind of gaslit me? And at the show, at the AEW show, the two fake stings came out and they're wearing masks. And I was like, oh, they're doing the fake sting thing. And you're like, well, Sting has worn a mask before. Do you remember like two weeks ago on this podcast where you were saying like, I don't know the difference between face paint and a mask. You. No, I said Sting doesn't wear a mask. You said he has worn a mask before. Don't do it again. He literally has worn it once. I've showed you the clip of he's wearing a sting mask over his sting face paint to attack Rob Van Dam. It's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. But when you said that, I wanted to turn around and punch you in the face because you give me so much shit for not knowing the difference between face paint and a mask. And they're like, oh, Sting's worn a mask before. Once. Literally one time. And he was still wearing face paint. Fuck you, man. So Sting tells J.J. Dillon that he came out for a fight the night before, not a title match, (laughs) and tells J.J. Dillon to come out. J.J. Dillon then does come out to, like, some booze. I'm like, why? The man's wearing glasses. Sting says he wrestled Goldberg to bail the company out of a bad situation. And they say that a couple of times. What does that mean? It It's basically implying that Hogan didn't want to do business. So, look, I tried to go, ha- like, put on a show out there. Okay. Because, like, they say that phrase a few times in this show. Because they haven't decided how they want to frame the Hulk Hogan thing yet. That's so annoying. Yeah, they can't just say... Oh, Hogan didn't want to lose, so he just came out and laid down. So Why not? Everyone else is shooting. Yeah, it was basically, we advertised this match and didn't deliver this match, so I tried to help the show out, and why am I getting fucked for it? Like, he points out, I never said it was a title match. Like, Sting's not wrong here. And he's not even really going about it in a dickish way. He's very much just... I'm still just mad at him for allowing that to happen last week. He should have punched him. Should have hit him. Should have speared him. Here's the thing. Hogan wasn't actually going against the script. This is literally all on Vince Russo. That's why I'm still mad at Sting. Sting should not have let it happen. He, I was willing to like... He's a contracted performer. He should No, his character. He should have never been written like that. And Sting, the person, should have like fought against it. I hope he did. But like it would have made more sense if Hogan came out and laid down... Sting, like, tried to throw a couple of moves on him, at, like, to kick him, get him up, maybe do, like, an elbow drop or something, and then kind of give up and just pin him and call it. Like, I would have a little bit more respect. I'm pretty sure I've seen this before, but this is not the first time you've seen Sting in a weird, like, less than 20-second title match. It is not. You have showed me this. I showed you him versus Jeff Hardy at, like, Victory Road 2011, yeah. where Jeff Hardy's fucked up. Oh, and yeah. And he has to, like, pin him for real, and the crowd's chanting bullshit, and Sting literally yells, I agree. So I respect that. Yeah. I respect that. This is not the same. 
That was the man Sting making a decision to not wrestle a fucked up man. I still think you're going too hard on Sting for 1999. No. So J.J. Dillon says that Sting is right. It was a non-title match, and Goldberg is not the champion. But neither is Sting. Ooh, what a twist. He has been stripped of the title because he attacked Charles Robinson. Okay. Like, that was kind of weak. That's pretty lame, but, like, understandable. Scott Steiner murdered every ref for, like, six months, and you were like, that's fine. It's understandable, though. I mean, I get it. <sighs> it's bullshit, but, like, I get it. No, it's, a, it's a means to an end. Yeah, exactly. There's now a 32-man tournament to decide the vacant WWE Championship, which I assume the finals of that will be at the upcoming pay-per-view. I think it's called Mayhem. They were pushing the game. I don't think they actually ever said that oh. the sh- is next the, show is, is called Mayhem. Oh. I didn't know there was a pay-per-view called Mayhem. Yeah. So, J.J. Dillon says he's just the messenger, implying that the powers that be... Ugh, are, I'm getting annoyed with Oh, that God. He, he butchers saying the powers that be. I forget what he says, but... Yeah. he They just kind of, like, flubbed over the words. But they say that phrase 300 times tonight, too. Yeah. He's like, I'm just the messenger, but Sting attacks him anyway. Goldberg makes the save after J.J. Dillon has been in the Scorpion Deathlock for, like, 20 seconds. I'm like, dude, he's already dead. Right. <laughs> Let him die. The two brawl, and that's the segment. I thought it was a weak setup for a tournament, but... I got a little bit of an explanation, so, I mean, expositionally, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I I am annoyed at the lack of Hogan payoff, but we at least, we at least knew to expect that. Yeah, whatever. When they announced the 32-man tournament, Emily was like, do they have 32 men on the roster? And you actually managed to list off a good amount. I listed... 44 men. I literally, we paused the show and I was like, I'm going to see how many people I can name. Nick did not really help me that much. He wanted to, but I told him to shut up. I named 44 people. Do you want me to read them off? No, although <laughs> I will I will note, you didn't get to Brett until like 41. <laughs> Sid is 42. I think I told you, Sid. Um, Brett, no, Brett's higher. No, you deleted some, remember? Because I was like, well, Hogan's not going to be in the tournament. Yeah, well. Yeah, Jack O'Lantern is number five, though. <laughs> I forget what his... Is, is it's this, something pumpkin-related. I thought it was like, like his pumpkin. name is like Halloween or something. It's something real. No, dumb no, I, I think it, it was something pumpkin-related. He Is he the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown? <laughs> he is the great pumpkin that Linus is waiting for. So let's move on. Tony and Bobby check in and chat Halloween Havoc, and Bobby points out that Sting is getting screwed in terms of this tournament, and it's like, yep. well, at least he's in it. Yeah, but... Still, like, you're right. So, the matches announced as part of the tournament, which I guess all of these happen tonight. Yeah. It's Saturn versus Eddie, Bret Hart versus Goldberg. That'll be tonight's main event. That's also for the U.S. title for some reason. Norman Smiley versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Kidman versus Conan. The Total Package versus Rick Steiner. Who? DDP versus David Flair. Question Mark versus Medusa. (laughs) Don't know why you felt the need to put a question mark in that one. And then Brian Knobs versus Sting. Also, the powers that be say the Outsiders must wrestle tonight. But I'm retired. Hall and Nash arrive with a cooler. They're told <laughs> just by somebody they have a match. They're like, we don't have our gear. But we have something that rhymes with gear. And they like mime to the cooler. That was great. I, I hate that I'm starting to like them. I really hate it. We then get a Randy Savage Slim Jim ad. Ooh, yeah. A random Ding. thumb wrestling ad. That was weird. And then the New Year's Evil contest ad. We then go backstage to Norman Smiley interview. He says that last week was amusing to him in terms of his hardcore amusing. match. But today is his chance to prove that he's a solid technical wrestler. 
and he's tougher than a $2 steak. That's such a good line. Norman, like, impressed me on the mic. Yeah. He was pretty good. They don't let him talk enough. He also notes that, like many others, Bam Bam will fall to the big wiggle. And he does this, like, the snake thing down his, his chest is, like, weird, but it works. It's kind of like, ugh, stop that. Well, it's time for that match. Our first match in the WCW title tournament. It is Bam Bam Bigelow versus Norman Smiley. And holy shit, Bam Bam Bigelow has a theme song. I feel like we need to put some, like, victorious music behind this. Like, it finally happened. He's not coming out to silence. Or just DDP's theme. <laughs> And Bam Bam has brought out a shopping cart full of weapons. And and when I say brought out, I mean he has one of the, like, ring crew bring it out for him. Yeah, but that leads Norman to come out and be like, whoa, 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 no, 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 like, I did not sign up for this. Yep, Bam Bam says it's now a hardcore match. And, and Norman's like, since fucking win, what? But apparently it is. I, I know Norman was acting, but, like, it was really good acting. Like, I believed him that he was terrified. Yeah, because Bam Bam is like... I saw him facing you, which, by the way, this tournament was announced five minutes ago. I was like, I requested that this be a hardcore match. And they were just like, yeah, cool. Did you just, like, say that right before you came out to the ring? Like, oh, by the way, can I get my, can I bring my toys? Or is he just bluffing? Is Bam just like, he didn't do any of this. It's like, if I just pretend, no one knows what's going on. That's, <laughs> that's a valid point. Because, like, no one stopped it. But Bam Bam said it in commentary. like, well, I guess it's a hardcore match. Yeah, so Norman cowers and hides behind the ref. Bam Bam works Norman over with, with a broom and a trash can. He then puts the trash can over Norman's head and they like weirdly collide. Like Bam Bam kind of forces himself to run into the trash can. But it's really light. Norman then lightly falls on Bam Bam's crotch. He gets up, does the big wiggle and pins Bam Bam. It was bizarre. And then we immediately cut. We had to back up this match yeah. because, like, that should not have taken out Bam Bam Bigelow. Like, when I say that this was a, a soft trash can shot, that trash can didn't even dent. Those things are aluminum foil and it didn't dent. Like, if you bumped into somebody in the street at that, like, you know, speed he was going, you don't even really need to apologize. You're just like, oh, my bad. Like, keep yeah. going. <laughs> you do the arms out, like, right. whoa, whoa, move whoa. over. <laughs> but that should not have taken out Bam. That should have taken out any wrestler. But Bam yeah. Bam is, like, this mighty big meaty man that's known to be powerful and, and known for hardcore matches and known for hardcore matches and this took him out like this feels like something else is going on i don't know yeah but we immediately cut to mike Tanay with the outsiders backstage nash has a beer in hand he's like i'm retired i'm retired hall says they have to wait to the top of the hour to comment oh the top of the hour what's happening at the top of the hour the top of the hour yeah so then hall and nash fake argue and in the line <laughs> of the night Nash threatens to kick Hall in the shin. I'm going to kick you in the shin. And he says it laughing, too. Yeah. These freaking guys are so charming. I hate it. Okay, I need to cite this because I, I have turned on Hall and Nash. I have. It's not because Hall recently passed away and Kevin Nash's tribute to him was so tear-jerking and beautiful. That's not why I've turned. However, you can really tell how close these two guys are. And it's yeah. really fun just to see two friends joking and laughing and, like, hanging out backstage. Because you can tell, like... You can tell they have chemistry and rapport, and I doubt any of that was even planned. It's just, it's sweet. It's charming. They really work off of each other well. I still hate them. Don't get me wrong. Let's move on. Tony and Bobby chat the filthy animals and Ric Flair, and we get footage from last week at Halloween Havoc. And Tony notes that they don't really know what happened to Ric Flair after Halloween Havoc. So the filthy animals come out. Tori is looking great, although looks like she's wearing a napkin. She's wearing two napkins. They're sparkly, though, so it's an outfit. Eddie grabs the mic and says that no one can break this family up regarding them facing each other in the tournament. He says they're lewd, they're loud, and they're filthy animals. 
Kidman grabs the mic and then throws to some footage. And um, this is just evidence. (laughs) This isn't footage. This is confessing to criminal acts. So it's the Filthy Animals and Ric Flair last night after they stole the ambulance that he was being loaded into. I did find it interesting. We never see Ric Flair's face during this tape. Did we not? But I don't know who else it would be. No. And he's not one to like let a stuntman do his, his tricks for him. But the thing that I noticed, do you remember a couple months ago, they, they did like something in a field like this with Yeah, it was the Ric NWO Flair. and Ric Flair. Yeah, and they dumped him in a, in a field then. And they like showed it again on screen. Like, is this the same field? No, this is, this is a desert. Are you sure? Can we like yeah. go back and like see where that other one took place? Well, this is where I point to the Mandela effect and everything. Because everyone describes this as Ric Flair being buried in the desert. Oh. They kick some dirt on him. Buried. Or do they mean like... No. no. <laughs> I see where you're going. No. it. This is, them, this is them writing him off for like an extended period of time. So we're not going to see Hogan for a while. We're not going to see Flair for a while. Thank God we have Hall and Ash back. Yay. Those A plus matches. But yeah, they just like drag him out into the desert, kick some dirt on him, and then just leave him. And no just one seems to him. come get him. I guess the cameraman's fine with this. Yeah. Talk about a bystander. Jeez. Do you remember all those, like, bullying trainings in school where, like, if you stand by and watch, you're part of the problem? Like, that cameraman's part of the problem. <laughs> he needs to print some coordinates on a lottery ticket and hand it off to David Flair. <laughs> we just finished Breaking Bad last night. That's a reference. My name is ASAC Flair, and you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> but yeah, I mentioned in the last episode, like, I was, I, I was disappointed that I'm like, I figured this was, like, way more of an actual murder, but it's just, no, just leave him. Just a little dirty. He needs to go take a shower. Actually, we just mentioned Breaking Bad. Is is he doing the uh, the the Mike in Mexico thing where he's healing up? He's just like feeding some birds, <laughs> just sitting out there. Maybe just being doted on by a Mexican grandmother. Back from the clip, Kidman says Harlem Heat is next. I'm like, that's a you're gonna murder them too? Please don't. I like Booker, and I think Booker could actually murder you. I think he's tougher than you. Yeah, Kidman says Harlem Heat is next, and Mike Tenay back somewhere backstage is like, I relate to that. <laughs> Booker T's not going to fall to your shit. Ray says they're going to hump people. Okay. And then Conan like doubles down. It's like, yeah, we're in heat. And I'm like, ew. What? Stop that. Send them to horny jail. Bonk. Saturn and Malenko then come out. Saturn has like a, you know, a metal pipe or something. Dean Malenko has, like, a fucking U-bracket of something. It looks like it belongs on the bottom of, like, a fold-out stool or something. Like, it doesn't have the top to it. Yeah, even Contra's like, um, those metal objects. Yeah, what was that? They work over the filthy animals, and then Tori bails up the ramp. Shane Douglas is there, and then we get a new addition to the group. Replacing Chris Benoit, so that's a definitely that's, that's a step a down. One. It's Asia. She's back. She has returned and she's here to kidnap Tori. Yeah. She just abducts Tori and that's it. Now, I didn't even think about this till now. Is Asia just still loyal to Ric Flair back from when she was the nurse and she's very upset about them murdering Ric Flair? I don't think she knows. I don't know that anybody else in the company knows that Ric Flair has just been abandoned in a ditch. They just showed the clip on TV. But they were backstage. They might not have a TV. Like they were like behind the curtains. They didn't see it. They don't know. Look, it's not even one of those, like, okay, we cut to something backstage. Like, is this just for the audience or is this being broadcast? Kidman threw to a clip and said, everyone watch this. But they were behind the curtains. They didn't know. You keep referencing Breaking Bad in this segment. 
I feel like this is the equivalent of, in the first scene of Better Call Saul, the kids filming them having sex with the head. Oh. <laughs> it's like, why did you film you leaving Ric Flair to, for dead in the desert? Yeah, why? That was just a bad idea. It's a stupid idea. It's for that clout, baby. So yeah, Shane Douglas and Asia abduct her, and we'll get more of this throughout the night. Hard cut to Mike tonight interviewing Kurt Hennig. And Kurt Hennig's apparently in the situation where if he loses, sorry, if he gets pinned, he gets fired. I don't think I realized that. This is brand new. Oh, okay. This is literally as of tonight. Oh, cool. So he has to get pinned. Remember that. Yes. Backstage, Scott Hall gives Kevin Nash some coffee. It's like, all right, we got a match. Sober up. It's like, okay. Be but I'm retired. Nash says that the censors better have their fingers on the button when they come out. And they're like, wait, if we shut the show down... There's no match. But then they were debating whether it was a five second or a seven second delay. It was a three second or seven second. Yeah. And they're like, ah, oh, the uh, big Papa Pump rule is a seven second delay. <laughs> what the fuck did Scott do? <laughs> He's Scott Steiner. <laughs> what did he do? Just be himself. So let's go to uh, Kurt Hennig's match. It is Kurt Hennig versus Lash LaRue. And Kurt Hennig comes out to I Hate Rap again. I hate rap. And I do want to note something. He does not come out with him for this, but um, our old friend Vincent had a match on Thunder. Vince Russo? No. Oh, oh. Virgil Vincent. Vincent. Oh, God. And um, his little, uh, you know, lower third graphic said Curly Bill. It said that before. It's just stupid. It's just stupid. I'm not going to call him. You're just over. No one's allowed to change their name ever. I'm not going to call him dad. Not even if there's a fire. <laughs> so the match starts. Kurt starts working Lash over. And then Disco Inferno comes at the commentary. And Kurt slams Lash through on the table. What did you make of Disco's commentary here? Very little. I didn't note it really at all. He's talking like a face. He oh. like was putting Lash through over the entire time. Oh, was it? And it's like, yeah, he attacked you over, over the match. It's like, yeah, you know, these young guys get a little overzealous. Like, like totally like water under the bridge. And I'm like, are you... A good guy, though? No? I hated his hat, though. Oh, well, yeah. Hat. <laughs> if you, you can like if you want to. It's a deflated balloon. It, it's a style of hat. I don't. It's not in style currently. I don't As know was the style of the time. <laughs> I don't know what the style is called, but it looked especially silly on Disco Inferno. So Lash hits a head scissors on Kurt and, and hits some drop kicks. Lash gets Kurt up for his finisher, and then Kurt slaps the ref to get disqualified. And commentary is just like, what a coward. <laughs> also, if you can slap the ref, you can probably get out of it. That's what I'm saying. Kurt then, then attacks Lash LaRue after the bell and Disco Inferno with the chair. So I'm like, I guess Disco is a face? It's This was a really weird match. This match was a lot to follow and not much to grab onto. Yeah, I have a feeling this Kurt Hennig story is just going to be dropped at some point. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, they seem to like really be struggling to know what to do with Kurt Hennig right now. Yeah, I think... Now that the West Texas Rednecks are gone, they just don't know what the hell to do. Yeah, exactly. But I do kind of miss good old boys. As much as I like, I hate rap. I kind of miss good old boys. Let's keep going with the show. We get a quick cut to the Filthy Animals backstage looking for Tori. And then also backstage, we get Bret Hart arriving very much limping. And then Goldberg taping up his hands, getting ready for his match in like two hours. Yeah, right. You got some time, boy. Do some warm-ups, I guess. Stay, stay limber. Go to the ring. It's the Nitro Girls and Mean Gene hyping up the contestants for the Nitro Girls search this week. But all of the Nitro Girls are out. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've seen all of the Nitro Girls out for one of these sort of segments, too. Yeah. It was weird. 
they had somebody talk. I it was like Ginger or something. They were like it was not a creative. Oh, it, oh, oh. What was Ty? No. Oh, what was her name? It's like Rose. I can't remember. She's cute though. Yeah, it was a very orange-haired woman. But Emily, who do we have this week? This week on the Nitro finalists, we have Lauren and Danielle. And what's their what's their thing? Lauren actually was raised a dancer. She has been competitively dancing all of her life. And then Danielle just likes to dance. Apparently, like, she's never had any training. She tried out for the Phoenix Suns dance team on a whim and got on. But again, this is another case of there is a clear winner here. See, I, I had this flipped. I figured... You the, thought Danielle was the clear winner? I, I, Lauren's thing just kind of seemed to be, I just want a job. I respect that. <laughs> she's actually... She saw a listing for a trained dance for a dancer on a televised show. She said, I'm a trained dancer. I qualify. Why wouldn't you Why wouldn't you give her the job? She is the dancer. Sorry, I have to interrupt you. Jeff Jarrett's here. God damn it. <laughs> He's just, fuck your segment. I'm here. He grabs the mic from Gene and threatens to stroke every single one of them. Go away. He then says that the tournament is a big work and you're looking at the new champion. Yeah, he's not in, well, he's not on tonight's bracket at least. No, he he is part of the tournament though. Okay. He says he is the chosen one, just continuing our Harry Potter. I'm the chosen one. And demands an apology from Lex Luger and... I was actually, I was going to correct myself there, but he calls him Lex Luger. He doesn't even say the Does he? Effect. I didn't even yeah. notice. Says he didn't take Liz out last week, and um, that's pretty much it. On commentary, Tony says that Double J is guilty because, like, we know he hits people with the, with a guitar. Bobby points out, a lot of people have guitars. What, you going to arrest Chuck Berry? <laughs> and then he knocks Tony on the head and gives him the old McFly. <laughs> Hello, McFly. So we'll get a little more on this later. Let's go. Let's go to a interview of Sid from last night post show, where they're very much trying to put over how tough Sid is. He looked psychotic. He was putting the psycho and psycho Sid in this segment. Sorry, that's trademark too. He's putting the vicious and Sid vicious in this segment. It was weird. Sid says He's like psychotically laughing. Ugh, I don't like it. Sid says he will be back, whether it be tomorrow, a week, a month, a year. It's tonight. <laughs> Just wanted to throw that out there. Just... A week, a month, a year, 10 minutes. <laughs> so we'll see him later. Let's go to Perry Saturn versus Eddie Guerrero in, in a, another tournament match. The Filthy Animals come out to what I'm pretty sure is a new theme. I think they're going to settle on this one for a while because this one didn't sound dubbed either. Because I remember last oh, week yeah, it was like true. very much. So I don't know. But every time they come out, I just look over at Nick and he starts giggling. And I'm like, dude, you got to let the joke go. He's like, it's not a joke. It's happening. <laughs> Saturn says, if the filthy animals touch him, they'll never see Tori again. Yikes. We're just going to murder her. It's fine. So the filthy animals leave. Eddie attacks Saturn and uses his stomach wrap to tie Perry Saturn to the ropes at one point. Saturn hits a gut buster and works over the midsection. And at some point during this match, like, the ring starts smoking. Yeah, one of the corners was just, like, bellowing some, like, white smoke. It was weird. It looked like some pyro, maybe, miss... I mean, fired i don't know occasionally i mean a lot of these shows they will fog the arena a little bit just to have the lights do better stuff this didn't look like fog though i mean i'm, I'm wondering did they just overdo did they, someone hit a, a wrong thing and as opposed to like having the fogger going at like 10 to 20 percent throughout the whole night did you accidentally hit like hit the slider and put up to 100 for a minute oh maybe and then realize maybe you would know more about that than i would yeah. it, it looked concerning it, did. it looked like something was malfunctioning something or, was on or, fire or something was like about to happen yeah and it didn't. It just smoked for a minute. Yeah, because I'm like, also, 
awaiting the debut of Seven. And I'm like, is this going to be here? Like, oh, we he, haven't seen it. Yeah, he's seven. not on this at yeah. all. Saturn drops Eddie on the ropes and, and hits a triangle clothesline to the floor. David Flair then runs out and gingerly hits Eddie with a crowbar. Gingerly. Throws Eddie back in the ring. Saturn locks in the rings of Saturn and wins. Saturn bails through the crowd as the filthy animals run out. I guess they think you can attack Saturn after the bell and not have Tori get murdered. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. They threatened to kill her if they touched. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's a loophole. Thoughts on this match? None. Yeah. I, like, there's really no thoughts on any of the matches during no, the thing. No, the matches are pretty lame on this show, and that's the problem. Like, it is. I Once again, we are getting what we asked for all those months ago. We said, man, we really don't have any backstage segments. Now we have mostly backstage segments. Yeah. This is where backstage Nash theorizes. Like, if we shut the show down, there's no match. Yeah. Which is a good thought. Like, if you want to stay retired, end the show. We then go to some storage area backstage and the re- where the revolution is holding Tori. Dean leaves to go take a leak and Chris Benoit blindsides him with a chair. And you pointed this out first. Dean Malenko makes a noise. <laughs> and I've never heard a grown man make is, a noise like that. We're this. doing a one-off segment. This is our squeal of the night. <laughs> I'm going to play it right here. <laughs> like, what was that? What is that noise? So Benoit then locks the door that Dean came through and, like, throws a pallet at it at one point for some reason. Yeah, you padlocked it. What's the pallet going to do, man? I really wanted him to just zip tie it and then they, like, kick it open by accident and have to pretend. <laughs> like, the one segment where Chris Jericho is, like, locked out and then... And has then the to, door opens. Yeah, yeah, has to pretend. So Benoit beats down Dean. He throws him into some boxes. It's brutal. Mm. And he leaves... Hurricane did it better. And he leaves Dean Malenko lying. We will uh, have a little more of these two later. We then get the outsiders coming out to the ring. Nash hugs a sexy lady on on their way out. Hall grabs a mic. I am. Hall says their new bosses apparently can't have a wrestling show without them. And he also knows that they're in Nash's hometown. And I'm like, aren't you from Michigan? Yeah, that's the funny part. So Scott says like, oh, we're happy to have Nash back in his hometown. You see Nash lean in. This isn't my hometown. (laughs) But everybody's holding up signs that are like, welcome back, uh, Kevin Nash. I looked it up. He lived in Arizona for like eight years. Did you see when? No, I don't remember looking at the years. But like, he did live there for a significant period of time. But I don't think anybody would consider that his hometown. Yeah. So Nash says that no one can tell them what to do. And then we cut to Goldberg in the crowd with a mic for some reason. Like, why are you in the crowd? Yeah. Goldberg threatens them. As he does. That's it. I'm like, don't you have a match? Both of you? He was prepping for his match that's happening in like an hour. He sh- Maybe he was like running laps outside. But they didn't say that it was the main event, but I'm saying like Hall and Ash came out and I'm like, do your match. Just do it. You don't have your gear. You're not going to change. <laughs> so that's that segment. And then we've been waiting for this for a little while, but fucking macho man Randy Savage is here. With Gorgeous George. Not looking like Gorgeous George, but it is. I, she had, it looks like she had some like plastic surgery or something done. Good for her. But this was a really weird segment. Like, we've been saying that a lot of segments on the show are weird. This one was kind of bizarro world. It just didn't fit. Yeah. Savage says it's been a while, but he's back and like mentions Vince Russo and knows that basically he won't be done dirty like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. He's like, I'm here. Okay. And I'm like, we, we don't see you for like for you, six months. So I think you will be done dirty like that. I, I don't think that. You, wait, so he does come back and wrestle? I thought, like back in the day you were saying that he comes back he like com- one more time. He ha- he appears in a battle royal oh, right. on a thunder in April. Woof. That's it. And then he's done. Yeah. What a return. And then you can see him in Spider-Man. Hell yeah. 
So Savage hypes himself up and talks shit to Russo and says tonight he passes the torch, but then leaves. But to who? <laughs> I'm like, what? who are you passing the torch to? Where's the torch going? Did you just drop it? Are you lighting this whole place on fire? What's happening? That's what the smoke was in the last oh, segment. Oh, he dropped the torch. Yeah. Got it. So they leave. What the fuck was Bye. this? Yeah, it just it felt so off. It felt like a contract obligation. It felt like an obligation. Honestly, even if we didn't know this leads to nothing, this would this still be weird. Nothing. This was weird. It, it was. It felt out of place. Yeah. I don't know. There was no lead. There was no build. There was no after. There. No. Yeah, it was so, just like, here's a spot. Go do your thing and then fuck off. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll show you that battle royal when we get to it, but this is pretty much it for... Uh, Randy Savage on the podcast. I like the sparkly red that they're wearing. That, yeah. that looked great. So we we did the quiz two episodes ago. Yeah. Three of the of the seven WWE champions that we've had on the podcast are like now no longer a part of the show. Hogan, Flair, oh, Hogan, Flair and, and, and Macho. Yeah, I guess. And one one of them is going to disappear for a little while after this show. Oh, or that is that them writing him off for a, for a few weeks. Oh, okay. So let's go backstage. Filthy animals find the storage area, but the revolution are gone. They found that storage area real quick. And the revolution were like, oh, they're never going to find us in here. Like, they found them pretty Well, it's also, it's being broadcast that they like, or did they just ask Benoit? Yeah, maybe. But also backstage, the revolution tried to calm down Dean in a different area, and Dean is all hyped up. Let's continue with our title tournament. It is Medusa versus question mark. And Emily, who is the question mark? It's Meng. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. They put Medusa versus Meng. Which does make a little bit of sense based on... Based on her behavior. Like, this could be a punishment. In, 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 in kayfabe. Story, yeah. In storyline, yeah. yeah. I get it, but still, like, what the fuck? Bro, we're about to see a murder. <laughs> like, legitimately possible, because this, didn't this guy kill people? No. Is, who no. are we thinking of? Jimmy Snuka. Ah, okay. <laughs> no, Meng just has the potential and has, like, harmed people, but harmed people that kind of seem to have it coming, like... I think the story is like rip someone's tongue out of their fucking... What? <laughs> Dude, he's a violent, dangerous man. Are we in like Game of Thrones times? Holy shit. What? We mentioned it before, the old Jake Roberts line of, if I was in a tank and I have a pistol, it's like, I'm going to get out and shoot myself because I don't want to w- risk wounding the son of a bitch and pissing him off. <laughs> That's a good point. Yikes. Anyway, this match. Anyway. So Medusa hits strikes, but much like using Sludge Bomb on a Steelix, it, it has no effect. There it is. <laughs> Do you just see no selling and know it's coming at this point? I I could just see you during this match. As the match was happening, you were like typing a lot for nothing happening. And I was like, you're making a fucking Pokemon joke. Medusa keeps trying, but it's no use. Good honor, though, for trying. I will give her a lot of props because she's actually putting in a valiant effort. And weird credit to Meng here. He doesn't seem to want to hit her. Mm-mm. And then she locks in his sleeper and he's like, oh, cool. Fair game. Slams her. Right. Tongue and death grip wins. Yeah. Yeah. It was brutal. <laughs> but like I said, like I, you could see Medusa doing her strikes and trying to find stuff that was kind of starting to work. It felt very like me playing a video game and not knowing how to beat the boss. So I just hit something that like damages it like a little bit. So I just do that over and over and over again. She was doing, like, the double drop kicks on him, and he was, like, staggering back for a second. She was just button mashing is what you're saying? Yeah. But it was kind of working, so I don't blame her for keeping on button mashing. So, like, it didn't work in the end. I mean, she's going to have to save and start over, but, you know. Yeah. So, weird match, and even weirder, Evan Courageous then comes out to help Medusa afterwards. And I might have spoiled something for myself with Evan Courageous. They, like, kind of pair up, and he 
might be part of the tournament now because of her. They're like together now. This was the start of their relationship in WCW. Wait, are, do they date? In the storyline, apparently. Oh, okay. I only read like two lines of the Wikipedia. I, I tried okay. not to spoil, but I think they date in storyline. Dean Malenko then comes out unrelatedly and challenges yeah. Chris Benoit to a last man standing match, which receives no pop from the crowd. Which is still like, do you remember what was it last last episode where we had um, the Eddie versus Saturn Saturn match that got zero zero pop from the audience? Like nobody gave a shit about it. Yeah. And it was a good match. And like I'm getting that same vibe from Dean and um, Benoit. Like these are good wrestlers. You should be excited to see them wrestle. But nobody cares. Yeah. So that match is going to happen later tonight. I figured that'd be like a next week thing, like hype up something for next week. But no, it's just later. Have we hyped anything for next week? No. Will I guess, I, I guess more week? the tournament. Yeah. Let's go backstage for three segments in a row. We get Hall and Nash getting ready for their match. Kurt Hennig and Brad Armstrong having a chat. Oh my God. Can we talk about this segment for a second? I have nothing to say about it. So you can talk all you want about it. <laughs> so Kurt Hennig and Brad Armstrong are chit-chatting. Brad Armstrong looks like an executive. He's wearing like a WCW polo and some khakis. And... Brad Armstrong is talking about um, being told to take some time to go develop a personality. I didn't realize who was talking. So I thought this guy, this WCW executive, was telling Kurt Henning he needs to take some time off to go develop a personality. But then I realized, but he was like, yeah, that sucks, Armstrong, whatever. I'm like, oh, oh, no. He's right. You have nothing. To, there's nothing to you. He's like, yeah, I, go, I gotta go talk to my brother. And like, Do you? Like, no, don't talk to Scott. He's not going to help you. Other brother. Yeah, go talk to Road Dog. He will help you. He will help you develop a personality. But yeah, if I, a valiant viewer of your show, don't know who the fuck you are and don't know what your personality is, yeah, go take some time. Figure it out. And then our third backstage segment is Bret Hart getting his ankle looked at and the doctor's like, yeah, you shouldn't be wrestling. Is he like shoot hurt? I don't think so. I can't tell. He's good. Admittedly, he has been very banged up for I feel like the past year, like the entirety of the podcast. Yeah. <sighs> I got a groin injury, the likes of which you've never seen. How many people got groins? <laughs> so, Emily, what match number is this next one? You know, I didn't number them, but we have a total of like 13 or 14 matches. Jeez. This is the total package versus Rick Steiner. And I know I caved last week in calling him Lex Luger. But when the matches are going to be two or three minutes, I can just call them the total package. You can power through for those two minutes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a trooper you are. So, the total package hits Steiner from behind and... In my amazement, Rick Steiner did not hit 20 punches right immediately following. I'm like, what? But let's be honest. This match is not about Rick and Total Package. No, because immediately Jeff Jarrett comes out and joins commentary. You immediately forget that there's a wrestling match going on because they barely ever cut back to it from this point. Tony points out that in regards to Jeff Jarrett hitting Miss Elizabeth, that it's like, we, we saw you in the WWF. You hit a lot of women. Yeah, he, he called him out. Like, good. And, and Jarrett's like, this ain't the WWF. And in his infinite wisdom, Jeff Jarrett decides, I'm going to go talk to Miss Elizabeth while holding a uh, guitar. This is the perfect time to do that. The guitar that, like, inherently isn't a weapon, but in the hands of Jeff Jarrett, that guitar never leaves the arena in the same state that it came in. Yeah, that's a weapon. So... The total package and Scott Steiner come near Jarrett, and Jarrett swings at them, clocks Rick Steiner by accident. No DQ, apparently. What the fuck? And we can't even be like, oh, the ref didn't see it. No, the ref is, like, gesturing toward it. Like, yeah, what like, was that? Like, get back in the ring. Yeah. Almost immediately, Rick Steiner gets up and chases Jeff Jarrett out. I'm like, stay down. You got hit with the fucking guitar. Stay down. Stay down. Sell. But those things are made of, like... Oh, yeah. Well... Nothing. 
talcum powder. I mean, I was going to say, the Darby Allen shot we saw busted him open hard way, so. Yeah, I'm wondering if that wasn't so much of a gimmick guitar. I think just the wood. This one broke, like, this, this you oh, didn't yeah. even say this broke, this evaporated like Voldemort at the end of Harry Potter. <laughs> Is Jeff Jarrett just going to be your excuse making Harry Potter references? Yeah. I get my Pokemon ones, you get Harry Potter ones. Yeah. So in this situation, is Buff Bagwell Neville the one that could have been the chosen one? No, I want him to be Draco. He's a dick. <laughs> so yeah, so Steiner chases Jarrett to the back and loses by countout, so the total package advances. Yay. This match was so forgettable. Did anything happen in it? No. No. What an unremarkable match. <sighs> this was just a segment that so happened to include wrestling. Let's move on. We got Mike tonight interviewing Conan and Kidman and... They know that they're a little bit distracted at Tori being kidnapped. Fair. That's pretty much it. Uh, mm-hmm. Buff Bagwell's here. Chris Benoit gets taped up. And then let's go to Kidman versus Conan. Match starts. They trade shots. Conan hits his rolling clothesline. But Kidman counters a face buster with a sky high. Weird to see Kidman countering a face buster. I know. We then almost immediately get a ref bump. Harlem Heat come out and beat down both men. Eddie and Ray come out to brawl with Harlem Heat. And I'm like, isn't Ray hurt? I can't tell. As mentioned before, I know he gets her filming Ready to Rumble. I'm wondering, did they like have them just shift the titles around because they didn't want Ray to have them? Just so that he could go off and yeah. film without any interferences, maybe. So maybe he's not injured yet. Yeah, so in the kerfuffle, Good word. Kidman just goes over and pins Conan, and I'm like, it's kind of a dick move to do your friend. Yeah, right? Or was it, or was it a case of like, let's finish this match so we can take care of these fuckers real quick? No. It's very much, I want to advance in the tournament. Yeah, well. So Conan and Kidman are pissed at each other, and Eddie is like, fucking chill, all right? We're we're a group. Sort your shit out. Yeah, one of us winning is all of us winning. So Conan challenges Harlem Heat to a title match tonight. I'm like, interesting strategy after they just beat you down and yeah. you two had a match, but all right. So that match will be later, and backstage, we get Buff Bagwell headed towards the ring. Ugh. Also this backstage... Hall and Nash that's say that them having to wrestle is bogus. Bogus, man. We then get Tony throwing to Buff's tantrum from last week. And that's Buff, a good word for it. It's a tantrum. Buff comes out and says he's going to break all the rules. And also says he's not doing a job for anyone ever again. No, he said he's not doing a J-O-B <laughs> for these new writers. Is it a work or is it a shoot? God. Yeah, Bo says no one can tell him what to do, especially the two writers. And then we get two twins in suits. No, so what he says, this is important because okay. it's part of the joke. He says, I'm not going to job for the two idiots in the back that write this crap. And then the two twin guys in suits come down and introduce themselves to Buff as we represent the two idiots in the back that write this crap. They like use his words yeah. against him. It was good. Stupid, but it's good. They attack Buff and uh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Wait, was that a Nazi joke? Yes, it was. Wait, are they Nazis? That is the Harris brothers, who, I don't know, I can't find any quotes of them saying, we're not Nazis, but they have SS tattoos. Oh. And it'll come out in SS, like, t-shirts. Like, that's their logo. I mean, I know there's two S's in, actually, no, there's not even two S's in Harris. No, I don't know, you fucking. No. Yeah, it's like, you're. What? You're Nazis. You're neo-Nazis. I don't care for these new Nazis. What the fuck? Why are we doing Nazi shit? This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's been disputed whether they are or not, but I'm like, you have SS tattoos in the exact same font. It's so tasteless. It's tasteless in 1999. It's tasteless in 2022. What the 
fuck, man? It's the Harris brothers. And by the way, they do have them here. It's not like they get them later because mm. they were the blue, the, um, I want to say they were like the blue brothers, the blues brothers in uh, WWF and they had them there. Just say you're a bad person. Just say it. Just say I'm an uneducated idiot and you shouldn't take me seriously. Yeah, admittedly, I, I'm willing to alienate our, our Nazi fan base. Oh, absolutely. Consider yourselves fucking alienated. Don't listen to this goddamn podcast. Get the fuck out of here. So let's try to move on from the Nazis and just focus on shitting on Buff. I think we can do that. Yeah, I don't think Buff's a Nazi. At least there's that. No. I don't think. I can't be for <laughs> certain. But Buff Bagwell, let's just focus on him in in the terrible story he's currently doing. And I feel like he's in, loving doing this story. Oh, I think he's relishing because it. Because on Thunder, rare fucking mention of Thunder, he had a match with Scotty Riggs. And Billy Kidman's going around filming stuff. And he gets some like secret backstage footage of Scotty Riggs and Buff Bagwell talking. And Buff's like, you're pinning me? One, two, three? Scotty Riggs goes... Well, that's the finish they gave me. So then the match happens and Buff gets Sky Riggs in a small cradle and he doesn't release it. And the ref goes one, two, three, like gives it a puzzle look like, okay, I guess I he's guess. pinned. So he pinned him for real. Ooh, Ooh got him. Is it a work? Oh God, I fucking hate this story. Anyway. Yeah, let's move on. We get yeah. back. We go backstage. Dean Malenko's heading towards the ring for his match. Which is Dean Malenko versus Chris Benoit in a last man standing match. Both men in street clothes. Both men in light wash jeans. And you know what's weird? They're As was not, the style at the time. They're not the only men on this show wrestling in light wash jeans. I pointed out in my notes later. So I'll bring it up later, I guess. But there is another person who comes out ready to match in the exact same look as Dean and Chris. I didn't know that Chris Benoit needs a real theme. Yeah, his theme is just kind of noise. I mean, he's only around for two more months. So the match starts. The two men start with hockey punches and brawl all around. Do you know what I mean by hockey punches? Not a clue. It's the, like, both punch each other at the same time. Like, Oh, is that hockey? That's what it's kind of called. I mean, yeah. like, it, it's similar to a hockey fight kind of thing. They, okay. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn do that every time they look at each other in the ring. <laughs> I love them, but they do that spot constantly. Do not talk down on Sami Zayn. You're not being very oozy right now. You were losing your mind at the AW show because someone was chanting. Oh my god! Someone was chanting. That's not oosy. Like you're that's not, not the right fucking show. It, and it was during the Samoa Joe Brian Cage match, and I'm like, you're who not oozy. Like, like who are you? Not, which one? Are you like shitting on Samoa Joe for not being part of the family, or are you trying to like Samoa Joe's not related? I know, but he's he's a Samoan Joe. Oh my god! I was just like, we get it, sure. But this is not a WWE show. Don't bring WWE chants into an AEW show. Stop it. What if they start doing a what chant? What is okay? No, it's not. Yes no. What, is okay. What's never okay? The what chant needs needs to die. I'm saying in general. I think chants that were created in the wrestling world prior to the development of AEW can be brought into AEW. But if a chant is created in WWE in 2022 and is brought to an AEW show in 2022, that's just disrespectful. There needs to be a separation there. So Benoit works over Dean, including a super back suplex and triple Germans, but the third one is countered with a low blow. Malenko throws Benoit around ringside and Benoit back suplexes Dean and then double snot rockets him. Wait, no, they named that. Oh yeah, sorry, they did. They did not, it's not called a double snot rocket. It is called 
a reverse thrustful nasal. They then double clothesline each other, and it is a very quick count. Benoit gets to his feet. Dean is technically still down at a count of ten, and that's it. That's it. He gets to, like, his knee. Yeah, I, we, I know uh, we kind of got to that on an awkward note, but so did fucking they. Yeah, we were, like, chit-chatting during this match, thinking that it was going to go for a little longer. You paused it to, like, go get a snack or something. Come well, back, like, unpause uh, it. I, like, I, like, mid-count. And you're like, what? Yeah, and you come back and unpause it, and then all of a sudden it's over, and we're like, hold on, wait. And we had to back up and watch the whole finish again. Like, it, everything is ending so abruptly. It didn't help that Dean was basically up. Yeah, they were both basically up. I'm like, wait, that's it? So, filthy animals come out, and Benoit just, like, lets them have Dean. Like, all right, go ahead and murder him. Yeah. Which, again, why would they not kill Tori here? Yeah, great question. Because Shane comes out and basically flaunts Tori. Yeah, Shane Douglas, Saturn, and Asia come out with Tori and, like, all right, stand down. We got your girl. She's still not dead, even though we threatened it three times now. I don't think they're going to do it. No, they're not going to do it. Well, she's alive in 2022. Well, I'm just saying in general. I, I don't. I think their bluff's been called plenty, and they keep yeah. not doing it. I don't think Shane Douglas has the balls. Mm, probably not. So they chase after the Revolution, but the Revolution escape in a car. Conan and Kidman stay behind for their match. Any thoughts on this match before we move on, besides it just being... It was a match. I like that they named the Double Snot Rocket. Yeah. This was... It was terrible. It was a bad showing of those two very well-known good wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah, it was just bad. I don't know who agreed to have that be the finish. I think that they've just realized that they're... I think they've come to terms that they're giving up and they're just kind of like waiting out their time. Which is funny to me because, for the record, their contracts aren't up in January. When are they up? Who knows? It's not January. Oh, really? They, They leave because of management and they leave because of stuff like... Literally like this? F- no, no. Literally because of something like that day. Oh, oh I'm curious. I'm going to leave it mostly at that because it's massive spoilers. Mm. But it's a snap. It's more or less a snap decision to leave. So mm. it- it's not like, oh, they know they're on their way out. They don't. This is just. Yeah. Yeah. This is just bad producing from whoever put this match together. Yeah. Hm. So let's move on to our next WWE title tournament match. It's Brian Nobbs versus Sting. So even when this was announced, we knew this was going to be a nothing squash match. Sting hits Nobbs with a baseball bat. For some reason, that's allowed and pins him. The end. Th- literally, you missed nothing else. Five seconds. Why? Bell didn't ring to start the match. Bell didn't ring to end the match. Well, no, I think it did. Did it? Yeah. Damn. Uh, Sting advances. And like, why? No kidding. Why was that legal? Why was this a match? The second I saw this on the card, I was like, Okay, yeah, Sting's going to advance, obviously. Are they going to like, oh God. Obviously. Are they going to say that like, oh, Sting cheated, now Sting's out of the tournament and just keep screwing him? Well, they were allowed to do like the hardcore thing, whatever, with yeah, the first true. match. So what if they just like retroactively add that rule to it? <sighs> who the hell knows? Who cares? Yeah. Move on. Too fair. We knew who was going to win that one. It was, I, I Honestly, I almost appreciated that it was as short as it was. The only thing that I noted about this match, Sting... Did you notice that his jacket has a rainbow scorpion? No, oh, I missed that. Confirmed. Sting's an ally. I believe it. We stand. Let's go backstage. Mike Tanay interviews Bret Hart, and um, he says that Bret Hart has a hairline fracture in his leg. And I'm like, is So don't fucking wrestle. What? You have a broken leg. Hairline fracture means broken. I had a hairline fracture in my wrist. My wrist is still fucked up to this day. Don't. <laughs> Brett says he's going to put his feelings aside to face Goldberg. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is not 2022. <laughs> every opportunity he gets. It's in every tweet. It's in every do, interview. Do you actually know why? 
No. Okay, good. Because it, it's related to WCW, so I... I just... I think it's hilarious. Yeah. That he just will not let this oh, go. Oh, yeah. It, by the way, and I want to just put this out there for the podcast as well. If you're on Reddit and you do not follow the, the user account, Bret Hart buries this, you're missing out. It really? is. It's just somebody just doing mock Bret Hart interview quotes. You can, you know, picture in his voice very easily. Oh, yeah. Just... Everything comes back to Barry and Bill Goldberg, and it's yeah. it's fantastic. Like that, and, and Billy Gunn facts are like the two. Scissor me, Daddy ass. We got to see the Daddy ass birthday bash. A little lackluster for me. It was else. a little lackluster. Yeah, but meant, it was still nice. Yeah, I meant to mention that to you. I'm like, that was kind of yeah. lame. Still got to see it. That's cool. We'll see Bret Hart in our main event. Let's move on to our WCW Tag Team Title Match. It is Harlem Heat versus Billy Kidman and Conan. And Booker is back in his long pants. I love it. I think he looks so much better in long pants. Like, significantly better. I think most wrestlers look better in long pants. I've, I've said this before. Yes. Conan cuts his Spanglish promo. Stevie, Stevie just stands there with hands on hips, as is his style. As was the style at the time. <laughs> Stevie works over Conan until Conan hits a clothesline and a face buster. Stevie throws Conan to the outside and Booker beats him down. And then we get a nice delayed sidewalk slam from Booker. Stevie hits a high knee and locks in a rest hold and tags in, bo- tags in Booker. <laughs> Conan dodges a Harlem sidekick, which gives him enough time to tag in Kidman. Kidman hits Kidman faction, but Harlem Heat hit, hit an assisted Harlem sidekick. Afterwards, they just tag while standing in the middle of the ring. Like, sure. Why is that allowed? Mm. Stevie counters another Kidman faction into a back suplex, but Stevie shoulders down as well as Kidman. Kidman kicks out at two, but Stevie doesn't. So Stevie is pinned, and the Filthy Animals win the titles. But here's the thing. No, immediate cutaway. <laughs> no one was pinned. Not There were four shoulders. Maybe one was down. There was no pin. No, no, this wasn't a pin. Yeah, you were losing your mind. We did watch the first bit of Crown Jewel uh, you, of um, Bobby Lashley getting pinned. You're like, the shoulders were the up. Shoulders, you can see Sky under his shoulder. You can see it. You, you can see EO Sky. I was I was so blown away at the end of this match. I shouldn't have been because, you know, with WCW, I should well, manage my expectations. Well, I think the problem is this is meant to be like a classic like Ric Flair finish <sighs> where Ric Flair's a lot more technical than Stevie Ray. I can pull this off. Sure, but like the problem, like I guess the reason I was so upset is because this was not a bad match. It was a, it was a match. Yeah, to be honest, like we didn't, we haven't seen it, a lot of full wrestling have, yeah, matches. It might be the best match of the night. It was, it was a match. This ending was so fucky. I'm like, you can very clearly see that Stevie's shoulder is not down. It, it is clear as day, not down. What the fuck? And I don't even think it's because of the botch, but literally, like, they count three, and within eight seconds, they have cut. Oh, yeah. And I just wrote, for fuck's sake. Oh, yeah. Everything is abrupt. Yeah, because you have new champions, and you don't get to, like, linger on it at all. Never. Don't have your moment in the ring with your your belt. No. Why would you do that? So, yeah. We cut to Mike Tanay interviewing Goldberg. You literally hear the announcement of the new champions while he's there. Ugh. That just pissed me off so much. So Goldberg says that Sid brought out his rage and he respects Bret Hart but doesn't fear him. He says that going in against a broken man makes it more dangerous. What the fuck kind of logic is that? I think it means Bret Hart at this point normally would like fight fair, but because he's handicapped, he might pull some sneaky bullshit. I got what he was going for. 
I guess, but like the way he said it was just like. And, and in regards to the outsiders, Goldberg says he doesn't make threats. He makes promises. I mean, that's always a good line. DDP heads towards the ring with Kimberly, and then we get another WCB title tournament match. It's DDP with Kimberly versus David Flair. Oh, yay. Kimberly has a mic in hand, and it really feels like they're trying to figure out their couple's entrance still. She needs to work on her mic work. It was awkward. It was clunky. From Nitro Girl to Nitro Nitro Woman, Woman. I give you the king of Bada Bing. When did he ever refer to himself as the king? I think he's done that once. Did he? Listen, he is. I don't know. He is. Listen, he is a former Lord of the Ring winner. I just, we drop that. He, she needs to work on it. I think that it could be something. Like we have those managers that announce their person. Like sure, but she needs to work on it. It's clunky. It's messy. It's sloppy. It's go finesse that. It's not like you guys don't spend time together. You're fucking married. Like yeah, and run it at home. DDP does all of his catchphrases, and I'm like, can you cut a different promo? Like I love you, bud, but <sighs> yeah, I love you. I hate you. I'll never forget you. But can you <laughs> cut a different promo? Give me something new to work with. So, in regards to David Flair, I forget who says it, but they, someone says about him, he has his father's eyes. And I'm like, wait, so is he Is he Harry Potter? <laughs> no, but did you notice what they were doing with the father's eyes thing? He came down with the craziest fucking eyes I've ever seen. And that's when they're like, oh, he has his father's eyes. And then they cut like to a close-up of his eyes. I'm like, are you trying to say that, like, he has crazy eyes, just like Ric Flair has crazy eyes. Because that's what I'm getting. So then there comes out, and DDP kisses him? I'm like, what? Like, on the lips. It's meant to be like a kiss of death kind of thing. I, you know, I know it was you, Fredo. You broke my heart. But, like, yeah, it was kind of... It was weird. It's just strange. To me, David looks coked out of his mind. I'm probably wrong. I don't know that he did drugs like that. But he looks coked out. So David then hits a crowbar shot on DDP. who so Who DDP then bumps into Kimberly and the ref. David works DDP over with the crowbar. Kimberly shields DDP and David leaves. He actually showed some decent fire here. He did. He did. I'll give him that. He was the other one that I was saying came out in the light wash jeans. He wrestled in no shirt and light wash jeans. What is this look happening tonight? It's very like streetwear. I didn't plan on doing any of this, but I'll take you wherever you stand kind of a vibe. Yeah, so match never started, match never ended. So I'm like, all right, who wins? Like, who advances in the tournament? Was this like a no contest? DDP gets structured out, and uh, let's get ready to rumble, because that's where he's headed. There you go. Apparently, he was not supposed to have a large role in the film, and then uh, managed to politic his way into it. Good for him. So he will be playing the heel world champion and ready to rumble. Good for him. I'm wondering if this is going to count as, like, a buy for somebody, or are they going to have a fill-in for this spot? Because... Doesn't seem right to have David Flair advance because he basically cheated. I'm guessing this is a fill-in sort of situation. I'm thinking that they like give somebody else a spot. Maybe. In the tournament. We've not seen the other half of the tournament. Yeah, we so. don't know the rest of the bracket. Yeah, because I mean, we got half the matches tonight, I want to yeah. say, in, the, in that first round. So, so next week will be the other half, I assume. <sighs> Man. Emily, you want to go to our next match? Do I have to? Is it a match? Is it a match? The bell actually rings for this. So sure. Peacock's a little interesting because um, he just cuts out like three or four minutes of TV. I don't really get why. Nothing horrendous was shown. But the it's the Outsiders match. And we don't get any setup. We don't get entrances for them or their opponents. Well, in the original file, we do. Oh, okay. 
So yeah, I I watched original file just to see what we missed. There was, I was no like, slips. No. So Hall and Nash come out, and then the Harris brothers, you know, the twins, come out, just stand on the ramp. Hall and Nash tell them to suck it. Yes, I mean I will support that. Tell some Nazis to suck it. That's great. Do more of that. I'm remembering the bar near us that had written on the toilet seat, "Punching Nazis is always cool." What bar said that? That was Autobar. Really? Oh, I love Autobar so much. So then they split to allow like someone to enter and everyone's like, oh, who's going to come out? And three women, very small women come out. Um, and they get progressively bustier. I I have no idea who the first two were. They're either like strippers or adult film stars. The third one of which, the best way I can describe this woman it's a line that you didn't hear, but from Bobby Heenan. If tomorrow the Phoenix Suns are missing two basketballs, we know who stole them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, uh, I suffer from my art. I did a little research. <laughs> of course. This woman's name is Minka with a K. She okay. holds the record for the second largest pair of breast implants. Oh, my God. Wait, those are real? Being real. And they're, no, they're... I literally thought that she put, like, balloons in her shirt. No, like, that is... <gasps> The, the second largest pair of breast implants. Those are actually attached to her body? Yes. She is a super J cup. At that point, don't even wear a bra. What's the point? My brain wants that to be a double J cup. So it's like, it's, it's Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> it's all connected. What? Why is my question? Uh, she Is she a, is she an adult film star? Yeah, uh, yes. Okay, she she was the only one I could confirm who the hell she was. And I think it's because she's famous for that. For the, for the rest of It wouldn't life. shock me if the other two are as well, but... Oh, my God. Think about, like... Think about the back pain. That's all I can think about. How does she sleep? How does she, she stand? She advertises herself as, like, the bustiest Asian woman in the world. Uh, that's a weird way to book yourself. Which I did see something funny um, in terms of them getting her. It was like... God, WCW can't be number one in anything, can they? Ha <laughs> that's true. Yikes. Ow. The pain. <laughs> I did write Jesus the boobs on this one. But again, I have nothing on the other two. They could be local. They could be pe- her friends. I wouldn't be sure I don't if they were local. But did you notice that she was in different attire from the other two? No. They are in... To be bi- honest, I was not looking at their clothing. They are in like bikini tops. She is in a Nitro Crew t-shirt because it's probably the only thing that was like sizable enough to cover her well you're half right they wanted to have her come out in a bikini top and they had one for her and somebody was like absolutely fucking not probably somebody from the network yeah <laughs> woof somebody enough in charge is like no 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 no, no. like this is going to flag some sensors yeah yeah oh yeah that's not shocking but then at the end of the quote-unquote match. Oh, we, we need to get into the match. Oh, fine. Because <laughs> on Peacock, just very suddenly, we come back from commercial and we hear Tony say, the outsider is going to wrestle some girls. But what what can you but say? Why? But what can you say about this match as a match? Oh, there is nothing to say. They both like lay down and want the women to basically 69 them. Well, we, we do get a flare flop from Scott Hall who gets spanked. This is porn. Na- We're Na- watching porn. Nash gets the hot tag. The crowd's into this, admittedly. The hot tag was kind of funny, though, because yeah. Scott was kind of like, oh, man, I wish yeah. I could tag you. Yeah. And he like, wanted to stay on yes. This is porn. We're watching porn. So Minka demands that the two girls pin Hall and Nash, and the women do. Compare this to the finger poke for me. Okay. This is better because nothing is on the line. 
I would say we we've seen we've seen uh, Kevin Nash lay down for a pin before. I was wondering if this was going to invoke the same anger no, in you. This this is just stupid. Everyone gets in the ring. Minka is teasing, showing her ginormous tits. Yeah, that's what I was alluding to at the end of the match. Nash was like, "Lift up your shirt," and she's like, "Oh, maybe." And no. And then yeah, Goldberg comes out and spears both men, basically making Goldberg a heel to the crowd for this segment. I hate way that. To, way to get him booed. I mean, I'm kind of shocked we didn't get a puppies chant. Kind of shocked. Ooh, it's you're real close. Really? Pup- Puppies hasn't happened yet. We're right around that time. I yeah. want to say, may, may, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is earlier, but I, I want to say that's a '99 thing. I mean, we're at the end of '99. Yeah. Then, then again, weren't, weren't you the one complaining about um, Chance being brought over from other shows? I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying I'm shocked that it. That's didn't. not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Wrong show. No, that is this show. No, that's a WWE thing. No, remember remember last week, Kimberly said it. Kimberly said it, not uh-huh. DDP. Anyway, what a fucking segment. Yeah, that wasn't a match. It was porn. It was porn. I assume one or both these men are going to be in the title tournament, so I think they will have a real match eventually. Maybe. What if, what if that was part of the t- title tournament? But let's go to our main event. <laughs> it doesn't feel like anything happened on this show. Nothing happened. And yet we have blown through the show in like an hour and a half. It is part of the WCW title tournament. It is Bret Hart versus Goldberg. And this also happens to be for the U.S. title. And this is the first time this match has happened. And I'm like, you're doing this on free TV. Oh, okay. So I'm like, this is totally going to be a clean finish. Totally. 100%. Goldberg gets an entrance despite literally just being in the ring. Goldberg overpowers Bret with his hairline fracture. <laughs> Goldberg hits a, a press power slam, locks in a knee bar, but Brett gets to the ropes immediately. Brett gets in a little bit of offense, but it doesn't do much. Goldberg is mostly just working over Brett, and it's like, yeah, he's he's hurt. He's not going to be able to be competitive here. He locks in another knee bar, and Goldberg lets go to let the ref check on Brett. Like, you know, I'm not trying to severely hurt this man. Like, yeah. you know, basically go call the match for him. I mean, they were actually, like, wrestling. I'll yeah. give him that. Goldberg throws Brett, who just collapses. Brett refuses to quit and locks in a sleeper, but Goldberg runs him into the turnbuckle and then accidentally throws him into the ref and dumps Brett to the floor. We then get Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Sid Vicious all coming out to work over Goldberg. I did laugh at Kevin Nash does a big side slam because his one main move is a powerbomb and no, Sid needs to do that. Right. Brett is apparently unaware of this. However, he gets in the ring, sees Goldberg is down, and pins him. I'm like, Brett, what did you think happened? Yeah. Goldberg also kicks out at 3.1. But also, how the fuck did Mickey not see any of this? Oh, he absolutely is looking through half this. How did he not see any of this? Because he, like, he, he, like, limps back into the ring. Like, oh. He goes to, he goes to get up, like, four times. Like, oh, you're still doing it? Okay. I did like Goldberg kicking out at 3.1. I, yeah, I, I think still, that's fine. It, it still keeps him as like a bigger guy. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that this is such a screwy match, like it, yeah. it, it, it helps protect him a little bit. And the show goes off the air in the middle of the new champion announcement because, yeah, Brett, why Brett's now the U.S. title yeah. holder. <sighs> Jesus, what a fucking mess. That was like literally 13 matches. It wasn't horrendous, but that was just a messy it, show. Exactly. And that's the thing. It was not a bad show it was just messy nothing had his chance to breathe everything was so abrupt like it wasn't bad but it wasn't good that's why i was kind of shocked when you said the ratings went up you know i mean at the same time you know you're advertising brett versus goldberg that's gonna get people to tune in out the outsiders coming back you're advertising an outsiders match and admittedly at the time i think if you see that i 
would you turn that off? I think you'd just be like, what the fuck is this? Like, Maybe that's their whole psychology behind oh, it, it. Oh, that is literally Vince Russo's thing. Is, car, is like car crash Jerry, Jerry Springer type of thing where oh. like you can't look away. You just can't stop. If, like As you're thinking about stopping, something new is happening. That's, that is a psychological move. You could do that. And apparently it works. Kind of. Not really. Seeing as this company goes under in like a year. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the show? There was somebody with a, um, a sign behind the hard cam for a lot of it. Um, with a link to a, re- a website called Dynamite Bush Apes. I looked it up and I shouldn't have done this at work because this could have been an NSFW site. But on my lunch break, I looked up Dynamite Bush Apes on my work computer. Thank God it is a paintballing company. <laughs> it is like in in the woods paintball in Arizona. Very innocent. Thank God. I'm still having a hard time thinking about like best bit. Well, too bad. Let's move into yeah. it. Emily, try to come up with something for your uh, best bid. I mean, I guess I'll give it to the Hall and Nash backstage segments because they were funny and they'd like make me like Hall and Nash. Not their wrestling segments, just the no. backstage segments. Uh, I'm between two and um, I'm going to go with the one that, that, that makes some sense and might be a bit of blasphemy, but I'm going to give mine to the quote unquote match of David Flair and DDP. Why? It made sense to me in, in the sense of the story that, like, I mean, one, David Flair might know he's not winning this tournament. Well, sure. So he just wants to come out and hurt DDP. And it, it was something. I mean, if I had to give it to something else, it'd probably be the tag title match. But even even that wasn't great. That was not great. There, there's, there's not a lot not to much. hang your hat on this show. I don't have a worse bit. What's your worst bit? Oh, I, I would say I'm giving mine to the Outsiders tag match. Fair. Good idea. Yeah. And then, Emily, who is your MVP? So I waffled on this a little bit, but I think I'm going to give it to Bret Hart because he's like the only person on this card that is not putting up with the stupidity and the faff that is Vince Russo right now. And he actually came out and wrestled and like actually did what he signed on to do. Okay. Weirdly enough, I'm more or less giving my one to somebody else for the same reason. Really? I'm giving it to Sting. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Sting came out again. He made very good points in his promo. Didn't lie once. And it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Came out, just won his match immediately, and I'm like, okay, cool. Professionals. <laughs> These are professionals. Yeah, so I guess Sting, but... Oh, man, that's uh, that's a spicy meatball right there. Jesus. <sighs> yeah, that was, that was a fun show. That's the October 25th, 99, Monday Nitro. Next up is the November 1st Nitro, and, um, and Mayhem is on the 21st, so we have... Three more nitros in between, so that's pretty standard. Four four week build. Yeah, I guess that's not the worst. But then we're doing the second half of the tournament next week. So they do the other half of thirty two next week. Yeah. That, that's sixteen. Yeah. After that, they'll be down to sixteen people. They can do that. The nitro after, then they're down to eight. Which they can do on the, the nitro, nitro after, after, and then I guess you'll do semifinals and finals on the pay per view. Okay. Yeah, I guess that does work. It's tough to build to other stuff when your entire oh, yeah. show is built around... Uh, this one tournament. Yeah, yeah, there is nothing else happening. Man, what a show. We'll see what the other half of the bracket holds next week. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Butts in the Pod, Also, Instagram, the same handle. And follow us on Facebook at the Butts in the Seats Podcast. You can listen to all of our back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Some of those might be changing in the near future. Our hosting site is apparently shutting down. Yeah. So we're going to sort that out, but we have a few months for that. So it shouldn't create too much of an issue. Exactly. You guys should notice nothing. Yeah. Emily, how's it feel to be back? 
good. It feels good. We've been I've been missing watching wrestling. Yeah. And I feel like we really we really did not watch much when we were not recording. Because we used to do like our SmackDown watch through, but we were so hyper focused on moving and packing and getting all of that done. And now we're in and we're unpacking. We haven't sat down and like watched wrestling for fun in a while. So sitting down the other day and watching it was weird. And um, Emily, good news. Mm. Logan Paul versus Roman Reigns is about to happen. Oh, good. We can catch it. Thank God. But until we see you on the next Vince Russo Nitro, I'm Nick. I am Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts in the Seats podcast. Bye.